a diabetes study that recently came out from April 2023, and this was published in the Diabetologia. The study of diabetes recommends this. Consume minimally processed plant foods, such as whole grains, vegetables, whole fruit, legumes, nuts, seeds, and non-hydrogenated and non-tropical vegetable oils, while minimizing the consumption of red and processed meat, sodium, sugar-sweetened beverages, and refined grains. And this is specifically in the treatment and the addressing of type 2 diabetes. So the good news is that you can lower insulin resistance and increase insulin sensitivity by decreasing body fat and lowering your fat intake. But here's what I want you guys to understand about a plant-based diet. First of all, it is the solution. It will change your life. A plant-based diet is so powerful, but what most people get wrong is the difference between just a vegan diet and a whole food plant-based vegan diet. Allow me to define it for you. Just because someone can live with a disease doesn't mean they should. The overwhelming majority of prescriptions written today are written to treat lifestyle disease. Lifestyle disease is defined as conditions which can be attributed to the way in which a person lives. This includes things like physical activity, drinking, smoking, stress, the quality of our social connections, sleep, purposeful and professional alignment, and of course, our diet. But what if there was an alternative? What if before putting pen to pad, we had a comprehensive solution in lieu of pills and procedures? You are listening to the Plant Protocol Podcast for current and aspiring health professionals who are done with simply managing chronic lifestyle challenges and are interested in taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating them. I'm your host, Lisa A. Smith. It's time to come get this health. Before we go any further, please note the information in this episode is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content contained in this episode is for informational and educational purposes only. Enjoy. Hi, guys, and welcome to November, which is Diabetes Awareness Month. So I wanted to drop a bonus episode for you this week all about taking a whole food plant-based approach to type 2 diabetes. As you all know, I am committed to combating the chronic health challenge crisis we have And we do that through teaching plant-based coaching programming, training up, up up-and-coming plant-based coaches. But I also still do a lot of speaking and lectures and teaching around this content. So I thought I would gift you guys with a bonus episode this week of a presentation I did a few months back in August for the National Black Nurses Association annual conference in Atlanta. And so this episode is a replay of that talk I did for the nurses in Atlanta. It is a fun, interactive talk that I really think you're going to enjoy. But most importantly, I want to impress the importance of combating and or addressing type 2 diabetes. If you or someone you love has been impacted by this chronic lifestyle disease, I want you to know there is something you can do about it. And one of the major things you can do about type 2 diabetes is adopting a whole food plant-based diet. You'll hear why in my talk. But if you or someone you love is combating this, I encourage you to reach out to us via the link in the show notes and 
make sure you're getting the assistance you need if you don't feel equipped enough to adopt a plant-based diet on your own because too many people die prematurely from this condition. And so I really wanna make sure we continue to draw awareness to it as often as possible. There's a lot of programming going on this month for type two diabetes awareness month. So make sure you research and look it up. I'm doing some speaking engagements that I'll be sending out a link to join some are virtual that you guys can participate in as well. So if you're not already, you definitely want to make sure you're on my email list at lisaangelsmith.com. Enjoy this replay. Good morning. How are y'all? Good, good, good. So the issue we have this morning, besides the fact that I didn't read the agenda and I was supposed to be wearing red, (laughs) is, okay, okay, mark me down for complete. All right, come on, red lip. It's also the fact that I get so excited about this information, I don't know how I'm gonna stay right in front of this mic. Okay, so that's the second issue we have. So you guys keep me in line because I get really excited when I'm talking about the power of a plant-based diet when we're combating chronic disease. But today we're specifically talking about diabetes So good morning, I'm Lisa A. Smith, plant-based health and business coach, founder of the Black Health Academy. And today we're gonna talk about the efficacy of taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating type two diabetes. Y'all ready? Say ready. ready. Let's go, okay. All right, so a little bit about me. I am the founder of a company called Black Health Academy where our mission is to extend the healthy life expectancy of people of color on this planet. So when I leave this world, I want the work that I do and the work that we do at the Black Health Academy to be responsible for saying that because of the work we've done, Black people have a significantly longer healthy life expectancy. So that is my personal mission, okay? And because of that, I've decided to take a plant-based approach to doing that. So I am the creator of a program called Farm to Table which is a plant-based coaching program where we help individuals with chronic lifestyle disease adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle to combat those chronic lifestyle diseases. I created Farm to Table in 2016 and taught it to individuals just like yourself, direct to consumer up until the end of last year. Now we license out Farm to Table to healthcare providers and I'm creating a collaborative care model where I am partnering with healthcare providers and instituting coaching into their practice, into their clinical practice, to help their patients adopt a plant-based lifestyle and help the healthcare provider help transition their patients to a healthier health outcomes. Yes. I also, after teaching Farm to Table for six years, y'all know what I realized? I still can't help everybody. And so I had to duplicate myself. And so a couple years ago, I found that the plant protocol which is the first plant-based coaching certification to be founded by a person of color. And I certify health professionals. Thank you. Thank you. And so now I teach healthcare providers, nurses, doctors, other health coaches, all about nutrition and lifestyle science so that they can assist their patients with adaptations to lifestyle modifications so we can improve their health outcomes. So I created the plant protocol to duplicate myself so that we can move a little quicker with combating these chronic diseases. So here's my contact information. We'll see more of that at the end. Y'all ready to get into the good stuff? All right, let's go. (laughs) So despite what our program agenda says this morning, and even what the title of my presentation said this morning, the true scope and the true theme of my talk this morning is gonna be all about 
disruption. Disruption is defined as disturbance, which interrupts an event, an activity, or process. Let me give you a little more context. Uber is responsible for disrupting the taxi industry. <laughs> Tesla is responsible for disrupting the automotive industry. Airbnb is responsible for disrupting the hospitality industry. ChatGPT and AI is responsible for disrupting the way we create and curate. I am going to disrupt the way we attract and treat chronic disease in this country. So today is all about disruption, all right? All of us are disruptors and we have the ability to disrupt the status quo and the way things have traditionally been done in our community. So my hope at the end of this presentation is that you all identify as disruptors. So in the United States, let's go back a little bit, back into time. In the early 1900s, the top killers in our community and in our world were infectious diseases, things like pneumonia and tuberculosis, right? And we saw at that time that the most of the things that we died from had to do with pestilence and famine, undernutrition and infectious disease. But today what we know, specifically in communities of color, is that we're now dying from man-made and degenerative diseases. And as a result of overnutrition, as opposed to undernutrition, and as a result of what's called lifestyle diseases, which are diseases as a result of the way in which we live our everyday lives, the choices we make. The key word here is choices, right? And so that's what we're seeing today. And so now, as my colleagues have stated, the top killers in our community now are things like heart disease, obesity, and of course, diabetes, primarily type two. So here are the facts. Type two diabetes is what we call a disease of the affluent. This means we can afford to be sick. <laughs> this means that there are choices in how we spend our money and what we eat and what we choose to do and how we choose to or not to move dictates our health outcomes. We are affluent enough to eat the junk that's killing us. Sure. And so the disease of affluence is specifically defined as chronic non-communicable diseases associated with overnutrition, obesity, and lifestyle. When I say overnutrition, the way I like to say in our coaching programs is that most of us calorically were full, but nutritionally we're starving. Does that make sense, y'all? Right, so we eat a whole lot. We don't feel hungry, but we're not getting the sustenance. We're not getting the vitamins and minerals we actually need to thrive. So calorically we're full, but nutritionally we're starving. Right. And so these non-communicable diseases are things like heart disease, obesity, cognitive impairment and dementia. Just say mm, when you recognize when you know. Okay. All right. Hypertension, chronic inflammation, high cholesterol, mm. fatty liver disease, chronic kidney disease, and of course, autoimmune disease. And finally, type two diabetes, right? I thought I knew, okay, I'm in the right room, all right? And so these are all things that are reversible, preventable, can be put into remission. I wanna make that very clear. The data shows it, especially with a whole food plant-based approach. We change the way we eat and we change our health outcomes. Those are the facts, okay? 
So here's, let's get into it. More than 37 million Americans have diabetes. That's roughly one in 10. And it's estimated that 90 to 95% of those cases are type two, okay? So we know type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease, but type two is primarily a lifestyle disease. And so that's what we're here to come back to that. This pandemic of chronic disease can be attributed in part to the universal shift toward a more animal-based and processed diet, i.e. we're eating more meat, eggs, dairy, seafood, the things that specifically clog our arteries with the saturated fat and the high levels of cholesterol. And so our diet is the top cause of premature death and disability in the United States. Let's look at what that looks like more specifically, right? Now, let me be very clear, y'all. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> they talking about after this weekend. See, I knew I should have went first. Like, I should have been first on August 1st, okay? So here's what we're going to do this morning. First of all, we're going to all agree to forgive me when I step on y'all toes in these next few slides. <laughs> All right, when I say forgiveness, y'all say granted. Forgiveness? Granted. Okay. All right, because I'm going to step on some toes, all right? Because I'll put pictures in my slides. Because when you do a presentation about food, you got to show you gotta show black people pictures. You know what I mean? Y'all going to say, I believe a plant-based diet is good, but what it tastes like, right? So I came with a whole lot of pictures today, guys. All right? So this is what our diet currently looks like, Okay. Uh, burgers and fries are infamous soul food, right? Yeah, yeah happy or mad, I don't know. <laughs> right? And so, how many, how many people have said this week or this year, after you eat a full meal and you're totally full, ooh, I need something sweet? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right? And so I got a taste for some sweet, right? It, it hit us after that last bite of the savory. We need to wash it down with some sweet, don't we? Well, y'all, it's not doing us no justice. Ain't doing us no good. <laughs> she said the food catches the sugar, y'all. If, if you eat it quick enough back to back, you ain't got to worry about now. That's me. I got to put that in my slides. Okay. That, that's the cheat code. All right. So this is the top causes of premature death and disability, right? And it's estimated that 70% of Americans are on at least one prescription drug, right? And we want to do something about this. But the biggest misconception about type 2 diabetes specifically is this. The biggest misconception is that type 2 diabetes is a carb problem, is a carbohydrate problem. The truth of the matter is, is that type 2 diabetes is a fat problem. When we micromanage carbs, we're just micromanaging the symptoms of the main problem. The actual issue is that the fat, both the fat that is on us that we wear and the fat that we eat, is gummying up the receptor, the insulin receptor on our cell, right? So when we manage sugar only, we're managing the sugar that's in the blood. But the primary issue is that the reason the sugar can't get out of our blood into our muscle and liver cells is because of fat. So I want you to picture a car accident. You ever be about to get on the freeway and you see nothing but brake lights, right? And so 
type 2 diabetes is like all the brake lights is all that's all sugar right and so what we try and do is get rid of more cars and the cars are the sugar but the issue the accident that causes all the traffic is saturated fat so when we only manage carb intake as type 2 diabetics what we're doing is only controlling the backup of the cars but we're not moving the accident out the way so that the traffic, i.e. the sugar, can flow again into our muscle and liver cells. So when we take this approach, this carbohydrate approach to type 2 diabetes, essentially it gives us the opportunity to manage something that is technically reversible. So I don't believe in management of something that we should be working to put in remission. Does that make sense? So absolutely we need to watch our sugar intake. Absolutely we need to watch our carbohydrate intake whilst we're also taking out the things that cause the accident, which is the saturated fat and the high cholesterol diets. And that's why a whole food plant-based diet is so extremely effective, guys. Because when you remove the animal products out of the diet, you're removing the majority of the saturated fat and the cholesterol that we eat. And that is the quickest way to start driving down that A1C and increase insulin sensitivity as opposed to resistance. And now a word from our sponsor. It's me. I'm the sponsor. (laughs) Hey guys, I'm disrupting the show to tell you about our next plant-based business masterclass in partnership with the Black Veg Society. We are in the midst of doing a three-part masterclass training series for the remainder of 2023 designed specifically for individuals who are just getting started with their plant-based health coaching career. On Wednesday, November 8th, our second installment, I'm going to be teaching you guys the biggest mistake health coaches make when starting their business. You really want to be there for this, especially if you're worried about getting clients. Now, listen, we also have a special segment called DNR, Do Not Record. If you were at our first plant-based business masterclass last month, then you know what this is all about. If not, let me tell you. Our DNR segment is where I literally switch the recording off and we deep dive into personal development. So not only will I be teaching you the biggest mistake health coaches make when starting their business, I'm then going to deep dive into who I personally had to become in order to build a successful health coaching program. This is major. You will only get this segment of the masterclass if you are live in the virtual room. So make sure you pull out your calendars and mark down Wednesday, November 8th at 6.30 p.m. EST for this plant-based business masterclass. If you are on the road to building out a successful plant-based health coaching program, then you want to make this complimentary masterclass a priority, okay? And you especially want to be there for the DNR segment where I cut that recording off and we really deep dive into identity, limiting beliefs, and mindset. And I'm going to tell you who I personally had to become to be successful. I'll see you there. Back to the show. So let's break it down a little more, okay? The spillover effect. Has anybody ever heard of the spillover effect? Yes, (laughs) Okay, so the spillover effect means this. When we are overweight, did you know that when you are overweight, you don't have more fat cells in your body? It's just that the fat cells that you currently have have expanded. And they have expanded so much that the fat begins to spill over into your blood. So we know that one thing that's associated with type 2 diabetes is overweight or obesity. Now, you can be thin and have type 2 diabetes. We call that tofu, y'all. Thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Okay, that's the clinical term. Okay, no, it's not. Okay, so, <laughs> but however, what we know for certain is that 
heavy percentage of individuals who are battling type 2 diabetes are overweight. And even if you're not overweight, you can still have a high body fat percentage. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what happens with this spillover effect is that those fat cells swell when we gain weight and when we're overweight, it begins to spill over into the bloodstream. And that then is what's preventing, in addition to the fat that we're eating, that then it's what's preventing the blood, the glucose from getting out of our blood and into our muscle and liver cells. And that's the biggest issue in type two diabetes, okay? So when we only manage it and try and live with it, we control carbs. When we wanna put it in remission and reverse it, which we've done with several people at Farm to Table, we take the saturated fat out of the diet, we work on weight loss, and then we can start getting that glucose moving again, okay? So here's essentially what the spillover effect kind of looks like in picture form here. You see, number one, this is the issue if we're going towards the top here where you have lipid spillover, which causes systemic inflammation and insulin resistance, right? And a deteriorated profile for a cardiometabolic profile. And then as you see, the catalyst for this entire process is caloric overload. So again, calorically we're full, nutritionally we're starving. So we're eating a lot and we still have vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Calorically, we're full. Nutritionally, we're starving. So this is the problem, okay? I love this quote from Dr. Michael Greger, the author of How Not to Die. He's a plant-based MD. And he says, if insulin is the key that unlocks the doors to your cells, saturated fat is what appears to gum up the locks. Okay, so that's what I want you guys to understand. Like, it's not just bread, pasta, rice, and potatoes. I can't have too much. I can't have pineapple. I can't have fruit. That is not true. You can totally have fruit. The issue is all of the fat that we're getting from the chicken, the fish, the turkey, the bacon, the eggs, the ice cream, the butter. Mm. Okay. Right. <laughs> listen, if we didn't have people listen, watching in the hallway, I'd be locked the doors because this is the point where people usually run out. Like, no, you said chicken. <laughs> You said chicken, I can't have chicken, okay? But this is usually the point where I had them lock the doors on the whole audience, okay? But y'all got to stay in here. All right, so let's look at how we solve this problem. Let's get into these pictures on what this food looks like on a plant-based lifestyle, okay? Combating type 2 diabetes is a matter of lifestyle. And let me say this, specifically about genetics. This is huge. Because one of the things I hear from my students all the time is that, it runs in my family. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It runs in my family. My doctor said it runs in my family. Not nurse, though. Ain't no nurse never said that. All right. It's just a doctor that said it, right? But they say it runs in my family. It runs in my family. It runs in my family. I say it runs in your family because nobody runs in your family. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Right? Listen, y'all, I do a lot of speaking, and I remember one time I got finished speaking, and all these people was lining up to ask me questions and things like this. And this gentleman, this black gentleman who's so cool, he stood in line about 15, 20 minutes, waiting for all these people in front of him just to stop and tell. I'm thinking he's about to be like, your presentation was amazing. We would love to have you over here. He stood in line just to tell me, if this don't work out for you, you could be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> And walked off. That was the whole. <laughs> oh, I said, "Wow." Okay, but 
genetics does play a role. So genetics, I am not negating genetics. It's 100% true that you can be predisposed for something, right? Here's the thing about genetics though. Number one, it typically plays less than a 10% role. Your lifestyle plays the majority of the role when it comes to lifestyle diseases, like diabetes, heart disease, obesity, chronic kidney failure, right? And here's a better analogy. Your genetics loads the gun, but diet and lifestyle pulls the trigger. So I wanna be clear, like can you be more predisposed or more likely to have something than the person sitting next to you? Absolutely. But genetics does not determine our fate. Genetics does not determine your fate. Your genetics does not have the final say you do. So if anything, our genetics is nothing but data to inform what personal decisions we should be making. <laughs> I am recording the presentation. So if anybody wants a copy, I'll be in the hallway later. Okay. But this is important because we need the language to make it make sense for the people we serve, right? So genetics loads the gun, but diet and lifestyle pulls the trigger. We got it. All right. Beautiful. So long-term risk of living with type 2 diabetes. I'm only saying stuff you guys already know. Cognitive decline. Your risk of Alzheimer's and dementia skyrockets when you have type 2 diabetes. Skyrockets. This is the primary reason that as a plant-based vegan, I don't eat any animal products. But as a plant-based vegan, I also don't eat sugar at all. And sugar is vegan. And I don't care if it's a vegan dessert, vegan ice cream. I do not eat it because it compromises your ability to recall. So when somebody has type 2 diabetes and they have all of this excess sugar in the blood, same thing is happening, right? When you live with type 2 diabetes for so long, that is why you have increased chances of dementia and Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's is literally considered diabetes 3. That's how connected sugar is to cognitive decline. So as a speaker and as a coach, I can't afford to not have access to all of my cognitive functioning, to all of my executive and neurological functioning. So even I, as a plant-based vegan, I don't consume any sugar at all. It is not in my diet and it is a non-negotiable. Okay, so I need you guys to understand that the brain cells are literally starved because all the, they need insulin too to be fed. And so they're living in a bloodstream that's full of glucose, but they don't have access to it because of the insulin resistance. So we starve our brain cells with high amounts of sugar in the blood. Are you talking about sugar? Yeah, so I'm not talking about fruit. I'm not talking about natural sugar like fruit. But I, yes, I am talking about the white sugar, the brown sugar, the coconut sugar. Yeah, artificial sugar. Yes. Artificial sweeteners especially. Yeah, the, the blue and pink packets, what we call them. And yellow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she said yellow too. Yeah. I don't eat any of it. No. I don't know. Am I allowed to take another question? Okay. Okay. Yeah, so honey and maple syrup are very high on the glycemic index, right? But there is a hierarchy. So when I first gave up refined and processed sugar, I graduated to maple syrup and, you know, into those in honey. But now I personally don't consume those either. So now my sweet, now let me be clear, not eating refined sugar doesn't mean I don't have a sweet tooth. I satisfy it differently. So now for me, dried fruit is sweet enough, but it's because I've done the work to my taste buds. Exactly. Right. Like, for example, a dessert I literally made this week, guys, like two days ago was a date with a walnut on top, drizzled with peanut butter, and then drizzled with dark unsweetened chocolate. And the sweetness was in the date. 
So it was like a, making a, a turtle or something, right? So I eat sweet things. I just don't eat sugar. So I don't, I don't want you guys to think I don't ever have anything sweet. Right? So, but in my brain is amazing yeah. as a result. No ice cream. <laughs> what about agave? You can use agave. It's, it's similar to honey. It's, high, it's a higher glycemic index, but is it, it depends on what you're comparing it to, right? Is it better than a baked good or the white sugar, or the brown sugar? Yes. Is it optimal? No. But if you graduate there and keep going, it can be a step in the process 100%. Another long-term effect of type 2 diabetes we know is kidney failure because our blood vessels get damaged, our nephrons, which is the workhorses of the kidney, get damaged. And so it can lead to kidney failure. A lot of type 2 diabetics are on dialysis as a result. Right. And finally, vitamin and mineral deficiency. Most people don't know this, but anti-diabetic medications actually increase your chances of becoming deficient in CoQ10, vitamin B12, and folic acid. These are just side effects of the medication. Okay. But here's the good news. Anti-diabetic medication. Yep. You risk vitamin and mineral deficiency. And specifically CoQ10, B12, and folic acid. Yeah, it can definitely interfere with absorption. Absolutely. That is determined by how uh, healthy your gut health is. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So the good news is that you can lower insulin resistance and increase insulin sensitivity by decreasing body fat and lowering your fat intake. So this is the standard American diet. That is what the normal... You <laughs> <laughs> say, yeah, that's it. Right. That, that's right. Right. So this is what our diet primarily looks like. Let me call it out for the people in the hallway. We got burgers, fries, cookies, candy, cake. Okay, y'all know. Okay. And so this is what primarily our diet looks like, right? But here's what I want you guys to understand about a plant-based diet. First of all, it is the solution. It will change your life from the head to the toe. For, and not just, here's what we know specifically about a plant-based diet is that from the neck down, it's a game changer. What most people don't know, and we'll lecture about this maybe next year, is what it does from the neck up, right? Mental health, emotional stability, cognitive functioning, right? A plant-based diet is so powerful, but what most people get wrong is the difference between just a vegan diet and a whole food plant-based vegan diet. Allow me to define it for you, okay? Oh, let me mention this really quickly. A diabetes study that recently came out from April, 2023, and this was published in the Diabetologia, the study of diabetes recommends this. Consume minimally processed plant foods, such as whole grains, vegetables, whole fruit, legumes, nuts, seeds, and non-hydrogenated and non-tropical vegetable oils, while minimizing the consumption of red and processed meat, sodium, sugar-sweetened beverages, and refined grains. And this is specifically in the treatment and the addressing of type 2 diabetes, right? So our recommendations are starting slowly to move more and more towards is far away from those, you know, highly processed foods, those meats and all of that, and get more towards the whole foods, which is what we want. But here's the mistake that most people make when it comes to adopting a plant-based lifestyle. The first is that they just go vegan. Vegan is nothing but the absence of animal products. That's all vegan means. Vegan does not mean healthy. Am I vegan? Yes, but I still have to intentionally be healthy. So just not eating animals is not the same, okay? And so what we really want is a whole food plant-based vegan diet, which is the absence of animal products in addition to the absence of ultra-processed foods and what we call in my programs, SOS, 
salt, oil, and sugar. And salt, oil, and sugar are all vegan. I want to be very clear. Salt, oil, and sugar are all vegan, but they are still disease promoting. So I'm not here just saying, just giving up chicken and all your problems are solved. <laughs> you also have to work on your relationship with salt, oil, and sugar. Really important. Okay. Y'all want to see pictures, examples? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was sick of reading too. Okay. So here is what the food pyramid looks like. And this is how I personally eat on a whole food plant-based diet. Okay. So I'm eating fruits, vegetables, leafy greens every day, whole plant foods, legumes, whole grains. This is the majority of what all of my meals are made from. Right? And we can get real creative, y'all. Real creative. Don't worry, I got pictures. Okay. So here's what's super cool. This is a vegan diet. Everything in this picture is vegan. Everything. The Hershey syrup, the Oreo pie crust is all vegan. So you can be a vegan and this could be your diet, right? But wait, what? <laughs> Somebody said not too bad. Wait a minute. I thought I was up here talking my heart out. Y'all still ain't convinced. Okay. So we, you know, you could drink soda on a vegan diet, eat chips on a vegan diet, right? But ideally, this is what we want. Now, if y'all want to see real meals, say make it plain. There we go. Okay, I thought you never asked. Okay, so this also is a vegan diet. Burger and fries, refined grains, French fries. That's a veggie burger. But this is a meal that I had recently. Okay, that's it, right? So let me tell you what's all in this plate. So the pile of um, the nope, that's not guacamole. The, <laughs> The leafy greens are a bed of arugula, okay? Then I have my roasted sweet potatoes. I have my beets, okay? I have my seared tofu, okay? Under, under all of that is my brown rice. And that dollop in the middle is pesto. Vegan pesto, so it's not made with that pecorino cheese, okay? All right, so this is how my meals typically look. I am not eating just bland salads with no dressing on them. Right, but I'm actually eating whole real foods. I'm not afraid of carbs because I eat high fiber. We are afraid of carbs because we're like, it's too much sugar, right? And you're 100% right. When we eat carbohydrates, they convert to sugar in our bloodstream. But what slows down the conversion, how quickly, is how much fiber we consume. Pop quiz, how much fiber should we be consuming a day? A minimum of 30 grams a day minimum of 30 grams so most people are fiber deficient and that's what causes our blood sugar to shoot up really quickly so you want a high fiber diet okay and that's where that's why we eat cleaner high fiber carbs so i eat bread i eat pasta i eat rice i eat potatoes so do all my students that have type 2 diabetes but we also increase that fiber intake and take the saturated fat and the cholesterol out of the diet and that's where we see that a1c go down okay so here's what you want to do on a whole food plant-based diet. Focus on whole foods and not the vegan substitutes and the junk food. Drink half of our healthy body weight in ounces of water per day and eliminate that salt, oil, and sugar. This is what it's going to look like. Whole food, water, and getting rid of that SOS. When your body or your mind is compromised, there is no room for moderation. Okay, so remember, I'm talking about type 2 diabetes today. So that means this is the approach we're taking to put a disease in remission. When you are treating something, you go all the way. You do not moderate. We don't get sugar on the weekends. Right. Okay. I knew I had to drive down somebody's street. Okay. All right. 
So don't swap the standard American diet for the standard American vegan diet, right? Which is going to be all that is probably, these are all vegan meals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to give me 30 more minutes next year. But these are all vegan. This is a vegan tiramisu, a vegan pizza, and a vegan burger and fries and coke. So you can be vegan and eat like this and be wondering, why am I gaining weight? Why is my A1C? Why is my blood pressure staying high, right? So we're not promoting this type of vegan diet. You have to truly eat what comes from the earth as unmanipulated as possible. We take it home and manipulate it. That makes sense? Yes. No, it's a great question. So in Farm to Table, when we are taking our students, she said, oh, do you mean no oil? <laughs> so when we are taking our students through a program at Farm to Table, it is from day one, no oil. Because oil is nothing but concentrated fat. You can eat the food that the oil came from. You can eat an avocado. You can eat a nut. You can eat a seed. You can eat the flesh of a coconut. But coconut oil is out. Olive oil is out. But you can eat the olive. Because when we eat the just the oil, we've extracted the fat, concentrated the fat, and extracted all the fiber and the nutrients. Well, our mission is whole food. So when you're combating diabetes or heart disease, all of these things that cause the cloggage of the arteries, you have to take all of that excess fat out of the diet to get those arteries to start dilating again. So yes, it's a dietary approach that is way more rigorous, 100%. So we wanna keep the plant in our plant-based diet, and these are what my meals typically look like here. Okay, so we have, this is a, a noodle bowl, a smoothie bowl, avocado and peanut butter toast, things like this. And let me give you some tips and then I got a few more pictures to show you. All vegan diets are not created the same. So with diabetes, you require a low fat, unprocessed, whole food vegan diet approach, right? To really get that insulin sensitivity back and reverse insulin resistance. Commit to removing all animal products for at least 90 days. And what we call it in my program is you're removing meds, meat, eggs, dairy, and seafood. Okay? <laughs> and this is important. <laughs> seafood too, high in fat, high in fat, especially cholesterol. And a few undesirable meals should not dictate your entire lifestyle choice. You have to give your taste buds time to change. Our taste buds typically have a lifespan of about 14 days. Okay, a few. Now, I'm not saying in 14 days you're going to be completely clear of cravings, but that's when things start. You ever give up sugar or salt for a while, go back to it and it's like, this was always this sugary. This was always this salty. Yes. So that we need that to happen over time. And a few undesirable meals should not dictate your entire lifestyle choices. Because show of hands how many people in here that have some bad mac and cheese. Y'all went back to it and tried it again, though, didn't y'all? <laughs> Okay, so do the same thing with this lifestyle. If you get a bad veggie burger or a bad veggie taco, don't think, I can't do this. I, it ain't good. All the meals not going to be good. Everybody don't cook well, including you. You know what I mean? And so you got to make sure that you give yourself a chance to try it, especially if you've never cooked this way before. We're experimenting, right? So they're not all created the same. Okay, but a few final tips. Do not avoid detox withdrawals in the hard work of working through your chemical and food dependencies. Most of us, sugar, salt has a stronghold on us. Yeah. Like the thought of giving it up gives us anxiety, yeah. right? You gotta do that work because it, nothing should have more power over you than you have over it. Not a single thing on this planet. So you have to take back your power from food, okay? 
And even if you use some vegan processed food in the beginning, like meat and dairy substitutes, do not plan to rely on those indefinitely. Those are called transition foods. Okay, these frozen fake meat and all that fake cheese. Those are transition foods and they're more created for actually meat eaters. They're not created for meat, for whole food plant-based vegans. They're created to try and mimic the taste of meat for current meat eaters. Okay. And by, these are some final tips. Utilize apps like Happy Cow. That's what I use when I'm traveling like this to find vegan food by me. Um, meal box and meal prep services to get meals delivered. Recipe books, which I'm going to give you guys a free digital copy of mine. Um, and so those are some ways that you can really get started. Okay. All right. Let's go through these pictures really quickly. What do I eat on a whole food plant-based diet? Plants every day, number one. That is my motto. I eat plants every day. Some people take a multivitamin. I chew mine. All right. Okay. All right. What do we eat? Elevated salads. I was uh, working from South Africa last summer, and this is avocados, sweet potatoes, chickpeas, cauliflower, beautiful creamy drizzle. Right. So these are what my salads look like. Right. Very good. What do we eat on a plant-based diet? Creamy soups and stews. Right. Especially in those colder months, you really can pack in a lot of vegetables, make them nice and creamy because we season our food because we black. Right. And so it is important that we're not I'm not promoting taking flavor out. I'm just taking the disease promoting properties out. Okay. And smoothies, of course, that satisfies my sweet tooth. Right. Because I don't eat the refined stuff. So something as strong as like a Snickers bar or candy would just be too much. But I have graduated my palate to enjoy smoothies and the dessert will be something like a smoothie bowl. Okay. So that's an, an example of some of the type of meals I eat on a plant-based diet. Let's wrap this up. Final note, I'm gonna say this, a diet is not a panacea. So when it comes to lifestyle choices and lifestyle disease and all the conditions that me and all my colleagues are talking about this morning, you have to remember that movement is important, right? You have to move every single day, you have to move. You have to eliminate, not manage chronic stress. Acute stress, perfectly normal in life. Chronic stress, it should never exist. Chronic means three months or longer, okay? So we have to eliminate chronic stress, not manage it. And finally, surrender to obedience. Purpose heals. What I'm doing before you today, speaking, teaching, coaching, cracking jokes, this is my purpose and this is my assignment from God. I am the best at this, okay? And so it's because that I surrendered to what I was called to do that I am gonna outlive a lot of people who didn't. Purpose heals. Right. My final question for you. Will you commit to becoming a disruptor and changing the way we approach chronic disease for our community? If you win, say in. Yeah. I love y'all. You tuned in today because like me, you're a disruptor. You're passionate about health and you have firsthand experience of taking a whole food plant based approach to combating chronic health challenges. You want to see lifestyle and dietary modifications become the norm in the way in which we practice healthcare. However, you need mastery around nutrition and lifestyle science, a better understanding of behavior change to improve client compliance, and confidence in your ability to effectively coach clients to adopting those lifestyle modifications. You need the plant protocol. Visit theplantprotocol.com to apply and let's work together to improve the way in which we care for our most prized possession, our health. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Until next time, remember, 
radical obedience is still undefeated. Stay obedient.